Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It is Monday, the 7th of September. I'm Tom Tilley. And later in the show, we're going to brief you on the top 10 Google searches during this crazy pandemic year. We'll find out what we've been searching and how Australia's Google searches differ from the rest of the world. There's one thing I have to tell you, though, that is in 2020 so far, Australia is the top ranked country by search interest for... Oh, oh no! <laughs> a national shame. All right, yes, the answer is pretty embarrassing as to what Australians search differently to the rest of the world. Uh, let's get into the news of today first. Annika Smethurst is here to step us through it. Morning, Tom. Yes, Melbourne is on track for the world's longest lockdown after the Victorian Premier revealed the roadmap out of restrictions. You can't run out of lockdown because all you're doing is running into a third wave. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of hope yesterday. Let's step through the announcement. Uh, In one week, there'll be a very slight easing. The curfew will be pushed back an hour to 9pm, while people will get two hours of daily exercise instead of one, and the singles bubble will open. And at the end of September, if cases are below 50 per day, people in some industries like manufacturing and construction can go back to work, and also some students might get to go back to school. And then at the end of October, if cases are below five per day, the curfew will be lifted and you can leave home without a reason and more students will return to school. Uh, Then a much more significant easing of restrictions will happen in late November if there's been no cases for the last 14 days. So basically it won't be back to where, say, New South Wales is until at least November, but no new cases for two weeks is a very high bar. Now the new COVID normal will come after a month without cases. We will reassess as appropriate. Look, I think we'll, I think we'll get there. This is a, this is a, a, a slow and steady approach. Um, it's called that for a reason. Uh, and I think 23rd of November is, is a long way out. Uh, we'll have every opportunity to see how we're going on the way. Victorian Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton there. Look, last night the Prime Minister described it as hard and crushing news for Victorians and for the economy since Victoria makes up close to a quarter of GDP. Yeah, and Annika, you're a Victorian but living in Canberra. So what did you make of of this news and this path out of lockdown? Oh, I got the modelling just before I went on Insiders on the weekend and it was grim reading. There was a really telling statistic there, though. They modelled a thousand different ways they could get out of this and 60% of them said if they try and get out before cases fall below that 25 a day, they'll just go back in. It'll just yo-yo back in. So it's a case of all these people are already living under such strict restrictions now. Just keep at it, stick with it, and hopefully we can all visit our family down there by Christmas. What do you make of how high the bar has been set? For those restrictions to be eased in late November, they need to have no new cases for the last 14 days. Uh, We haven't had that in New South Wales. We've been ticking along, you know, with a small number of cases, five, 10, sometimes up to 15 a day, and still managing to get on with, you know, a huge part of our lives. So, Do you think a lot of Victorians will feel that that bar's been set too high? Yeah, I think the federal government feel the same way too. They were pretty critical of this plan yesterday, but I think it goes to show just how the virus got away from the Victorians in the first place and how much they don't want to repeat that. Yeah, well, here's what the Victorian Chamber of Commerce's Paul Guerra said about it. Why are our requirements so much more stringent than New South Wales, which seems to have the balance right? New South Wales is striking a balance of keeping people in jobs as well as maintaining and protecting the health of their citizens. Yeah, so the business sector's not happened. The other thing that's come up is contact tracing. Um, Here's the Deputy CMO from the Federal Health Office, Michael Kidd. The Commonwealth stands ready to provide further assistance with contact tracing in Victoria. 
which is now arguably one of the most important tasks in Australia, if not the most important task. And a coronavirus vaccine will be free from early next year here in Australia if one is ready by then as part of a deal set to be announced today. Under the agreement, which is worth $1.7 billion, close to 85 million doses could be made available to Aussies, with nearly all of them to be manufactured in Melbourne. And the deal with pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca hinges on the Oxford University and the University of Queensland trials being successful. So, Annika, is this a bit like the Americans' Operation Warp Speed, where they have the production ready to go and then you're just waiting on the trial result and then you can press the button and it's on? Pretty much. Federal authorities are getting pretty excited about some of the uh, early results out of that Oxford one. I think they're due even later this month. The one in the University of Queensland is also going quite well but is a little bit more behind the Oxford one. But we should start to see some of the results for these later in the year. Now, the reason there's going to be so many doses is because you probably will have to have two of these, maybe 28 days apart, to get the maximum benefit. But if it's free and they can start rolling it out at the start of the year, we'll see healthcare workers and older Australians start to get that vaccination and hopefully get life back to normal. Home loan repayments are due to resume at the end of the month for people that pause them. But it seems hundreds of thousands of Aussies aren't ready yet. At the end of August, three out of five people who deferred their payments back in March were still using the scheme. Yeah, close to half a million signed up back in March to pause their repayments. News Corp papers say that only around 100,000 of them have started paying their mortgage again. So clearly, Annika, this is the sort of metric we're keeping a close eye on to get a real sense of the health of people's personal budget and the economy. All right, Annika, we'll catch you tomorrow. Jan Fran's jumping in to, uh, I guess, look at the deep psychology behind what we've been searching on Google during the pandemic. Hello, it's Jan Fran here. Do you think that in this crazy, messed up, bizarre, once in a century year that we're having, that the questions you've been asking are the same questions that the rest of the country has been asking? Yeah, do you think you're asking weirder questions than everyone else? Yeah, how different are the questions that you are asking to the rest of Australia and how different are the questions that Australia is asking to the rest of the world? Yeah, we went straight to the source, Google, to ask them, what are the top 10 most Googled questions of the last six months in Australia? Simon Rogers is Google's data editor, and he is going to join us for a top 10 countdown of the most asked questions in Australia over the last six months. Simon, welcome. Let's start at number 10. What is the top 10 most asked question in Australia? And number 10 is how many cases in Victoria today? Victoria has suffered its worst day of the pandemic. 725 new cases. 384. That's 429. That's 73. That is 113 new cases. It's such an ever-changing number, isn't it? How does Google keep up to speed with the numbers that are changing? So, yeah, we are part of this uh, data collection um effort to kind of collect decent uh, COVID statistics and show them on the site. My area is really around Google Trends, which is search data. And what you increasingly see is people just want to know what's going on, especially near them. And you can really see that in the data this year. All right, let's go to number nine. Number nine is how many COVID cases today? Very similar question, I I guess. It's kind of become like a daily scoreboard for people. Our behavior is kind of really, really changed, hasn't it? Our daily habits for this kind of information. Yeah, you can really see that through the data, like the sort of things we're searching for now, 
things like you know how to bake bread at home and and all that sort of stuff you know which it just being searched in ways which have never happened before yeah can you give us an example or one example of a weird way it's being searched yeah so increasingly now for instance we've seen people looking for how to keep chickens stuff like that and certainly you know a lot of the things in australia have been you know like everywhere have been around how it's affecting people themselves like around the economy and Mm. unemployment and things like that as well Okay, number eight. Number eight is when will coronavirus end? Now, this is an interesting one. When I actually search this, punch this into Google, you get fairly reputable, mostly American sources like scientificamerican.com or The Atlantic. But other searches, when you put them into Google, really localize your results. So how does Google decide when to localize a search result? So really, a lot of the results is all about um, how good those results are going to be there's a massive you know misinformation war going on out there and you know google doesn't want to amplify stuff that's unreliable but obviously you know we want the data to be useful to you and the most data most useful data often is the data that's come from local good local sources so there's definitely is is a real tension there it's something that people have been working on for a long time even before coronavirus started just to make sure that the information you get is as accurate as possible okay so far, we've had how many cases in Victoria today, how many COVID cases today, when will coronavirus end? Number seven. <laughs> Number seven is completely different. What does WAP mean? <laughs> now, I've got I'm, to not go, I'm not going to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did search this one. Not my my mind I... is in the mood of the nation on, on this one. Did you search this one, Simon? Um, uh, I might have searched for a New York Times article about this particular one. Well, Simon, oh, I, feel like, I feel like you've <laughs> got to un- unpack this for us, though, because people are obviously asking the question, what does WAP mean? Let's play the song. From the top, make it drop, that's some wet, that's some wet. Now get a bucket and a mop, that's some wet, that's some wet. I'm there we go, we'll let Cardi B say it. That was the uh, non-explicit version, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try and describe this one in the most PG, family-friendly way possible. Um, WAP stands for wet ass pussy. Thanks for that. There you go. There's there's really no other explanation. It's a track by Cardi B, really popular. Why was this so big as a phenomenon? That's a you question, Simon. <laughs> okay. I don't. I think there's. A, I think you know. There's interesting. It's almost like. One of the things about coronavirus is it's kind of created these moments where we're all sharing stuff at the same time because everybody's always online at the same time. It's just become such a massive hit. And whether it's because people are thinking about um, about sex, I don't know, but it's just become such a huge, huge hit. And we're seeing that in search interest. And also people's reactions to it. If you saw those videos of of like older people reacting to to the song and the video. Well, you should see Tom reacting to the the song and the video, which I (laughs) had to unfortunately bear witness to only moments ago. It's an intense clip. All right, number six. Number six is what are the symptoms of coronavirus? This is an interesting one where you get a very Dr. Google type of presentation. This seems like a a very rapidly evolving space because, um, you know, the internet is becoming such a a more common source for medical advice where we used to always go to the GP. And it's true. And what's interesting is that one of the things I've really noticed about the way we're searching for coronavirus is that people really are desperate for raw information. And I think often people, when people are looking for information, say around an election or whatever, they're looking for stuff to back up what they already think. The number five top trending question in Australia. What is coronavirus? Wow, imagine typing that in right now. Are people still searching that? 
Simon, or is that something that was it's coming? So what is no, coronavirus? I don't, I don't, you know, I think it's reflective of just this kind of this amount. Um, this we're being bombarded with stuff all the time at the moment. Sometimes people just want to know really simply what's going on about. So we see this now where people will say, you know, like in the US, people will ask, you know, which party Donald Trump's in or which party Joe Biden's in. You know, it's things that mm. you think everybody knows by now, but they don't necessarily. So, Okay, question number four. What does simp mean? <laughs> what does simp mean? Simp. Now, this had a bit of a moment in Australia <laughs> when the former Labor leader, Bill Shorten, said it on a fairly niche political TV show, ABC Insiders, in August. Here's what he said. If I can put it in really plain English, Mr Morrison needs to make sure that he doesn't look like he's just a simp to Donald Trump on this very important issue. Just explain simp. No, soft. Oh, yeah. Just, weirdest moment. <laughs> just explain simp. Now, we noticed that um, there were a lot of videos explaining this in April. So when did this question peak? Was Australia just catching up via Bill Shorten to a conversation that was already happening in the US? It's so interesting, isn't it? And it's like one of these things that's very, very local, honestly, to Australia. So if I'm looking, I'm looking at trends right now for you mm. just to see when it spiked in Australia. Let's work. While he's doing that, Jen, what is a simp? While I'm doing, while I'm doing that, it's it's yeah, it definitely spiked in um, August. Oh, 16, like it's reached its highest peak then, but it started started increasing in like um, February to March. So was it already around when he when he said that? Was it something people yes. were using? I don't know. I think it yeah. must have been sort of floating in around some in some communities, and then when Bill Shorten said it in August on the political program Insiders, it must have obviously spiked. We have to define simp. Yeah, I think simp is, I could be wrong here, Simon, maybe you might know more, but I think simp is a, someone who is a little bit soft, a man who kind of goes overboard for the woman they love, a bit of a soft cock, a man who's if I too, can say that word. <laughs> yeah, too submissive to his female partner. Yeah. So problematic um, in some apparently senses. Apparently so. According to Wiktionary, that's what it says, but yeah. Yeah, a bit weird for Bill Shorten to use it in that context, I will say. But got us yeah. talking about Bill Shorten for the first time since last year's election. Okay, so the number three top trending question in Australia. Is um, how many people have died from coronavirus? That's Grim, a- but important information. Yeah, I think that's a tally nobody yeah. wants to stay on top of, but probably important too. The answer to here is 678 as of today, but, you know, that's the gain of 15 since yesterday. We're getting close to uh, number one. We are at number two. Go for it, Simon. Number two is how did coronavirus start? Ah. Now, what sort of quality of information do you get when you ask an important question like that? Because I imagine there's a lot of misinformation out there around this question. And it can be quite political as well. Yeah, it really can. And honestly, this especially, you know, I'm based in the US and it's incredibly political question here if you go to if you google now you get a lot of kind of information from the cdc and kind of government sources and stuff about it just because it is like people calling it you know blaming it on specific countries or bats or whatever and yeah. um, there's just a lot of misinfo there and we don't know yeah you know, we truthfully don't know the answer right now so yeah and this is a really interesting political challenge for google because there are People with vastly different worldviews, which are often being confirmed via the internet. So how much you prioritise certain sources on important questions like this has a political dimension, which is very tricky, I imagine. Yeah, and I think definitely it's where like having sites like the CDC, you know, Centers for Disease Control US or, you know, the UN or WHO proper sites linked to is super, super important. All right. 
the number one top trending question in Australia for the last six months. What is it? The number one question is how many cases of coronavirus in Australia? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Not hugely surprised by that question. Makes total all. sense for Australians to be Googling that. What do you think we learned from yeah, all of this, Simon? You know, it feels like a really interesting snapshot into the, the mood of a nation. Much, much better, than, I think, than traditional polling. I mean, I always think it's really complementary to polling. And, you know, we're, we're, with Google Trends data, we're, like, right at the beginning of understanding what it can mean. So, you know, like when polling was invented and they would ask, will you vote for this person, yes or no? And now they weight the polls and they get you know, a certain number of voters, so they kind of make sure it's representative. And I think we're not quite at that stage with trends data yet. Right, right now, we're at this place where I think it's really good for seeing kind of trends over time. And, mm. you know, the fact is that it's not nothing when a load of people start searching for something. It's representative of something. We just don't fully understand what it is. Yeah. What you're seeing now is this whole world out there where we're all grasping for the same the same information. Yeah. And speaking of that kind of universal element of it, is there a difference in what Australians are searching compared to, say, other countries around the world? Have you noticed anything that stood out for you? There are things that are more searched in Australia than elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of them, they make sense, right? They're totally local things like how many corona cases of Victoria's Day or um, what time to Centrelink open, how to access my super. Mm. how to make damper and what time does Woolworths open, you know. Um, so they are a little bit different. But then there are some things that are, like, are happening everywhere. Like, so, for instance, how to bake bread is a massive thing around the world right now. And bread-related searches hit an all-time high in Australia in April, which was actually happening everywhere. So Australians are searching for how to more than ever this year. And that's happening in a lot of places, but it's really high in Australia, like how to make hand sanitizer, how to sew a face mask but also how to cooking things like how to make whipped coffee and how to make sourdough starter and things like that. So mm. we're a um, nation the, of DIYers. We're a nation seems. of not just yeah. can do but how to. How to do. There's yeah. one thing there's one thing I have to tell you though that is in 2020 so far Australia is the top ranked country by search interest for toilet paper. Oh, oh no. <laughs> a national shame. So, I don't think that's a good thing Simon. But you had There's to tell no us that. Else Thank you. This is as high as you guys on, on toilet paper. So well, we're, we're into clean um, living. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Hey, but. Simon, thanks so much for joining us this morning, for going through that list. It was uh, very enlightening. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, that started um, with some fascinating information and ended in shame. You know, I think that last bit revealed all that we need to know about <laughs> Australia. And look, it wasn't great. All right, that's it for today. Tomorrow on The Briefing, how to bounce back if you've lost your job this year. A Podcast One production.